Welcome to Disciple Making Ministries Podcast. This is your host, David Spirik, broadcasting from Kyiv, Ukraine. This is a missionary podcast dedicated to multiplying disciple-making movements internationally. Our vision is to finish that disciple-making movement that Jesus started and commissioned to his followers. Our mission is to engage, establish, equip, and empower believers everywhere to start their own disciple-making movements among family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, classmates, and in churches. We value methods that are biblical, intentional, strategic, relational, reproducible, faith-driven, process-driven, prayer-driven, kingdom-driven, and Holy Spirit-driven. We'd like to hear from you, so send us an email to let us know who you are and where you're from. If you have a particular comment or idea for a topic or guest speaker, then feel free to share that with us too. You can find our contact information on our website at www.disciplemakingministries.org. Thanks for listening to our podcast. I'll return in just a few moments with today's main topic. And now, commercial break. Disciple Making Ministries would like to share some about our products and services. First, we'd like to share that we have a 12-week seminar entitled The Process and Principles of Disciple Making. This seminar will teach you the basics of starting a disciple making movement. We can teach this seminar either at your location or online. Afterwards, we are able to follow up with mentoring and coaching. Second, to strengthen your disciple-making movement, we offer online curriculum and resources in multiple languages. We are currently translating curriculum from English into Russian, but we envision expanding these resources into other languages. If you're interested in curriculum development or translations, then please let me know. Third, to help encourage one another in our disciple-making efforts, we offer a social networking platform on Facebook. Please search and join the group entitled Disciple Making Ministries. There, you can share encouragement, stories, prayers, lessons, resources, and ideas for expanding the kingdom of God through discipleship. Fourth and lastly, we offer podcasts syndicated on platforms such as iTunes and Stitcher. In these podcasts, we discuss lessons that we have learned in making disciples. We envision eventually expanding these podcasts into a radio format with guest speakers and call-in capabilities. We also envision one day branching out into video platforms such as YouTube. So, to register for a seminar, to download our curriculum, or to join our fellowship, please visit our website, www.disciplemakingministries.org. And now, back to our program. Welcome back to Disciple Making Ministries podcast. This is David, your host. Uh, the, today's topic is why Disciple Making Ministries. Disciple Making Ministries was born out of a personal experience that actually starts with my testimony. I was raised in the state of Texas, and uh, this is the Bible Belt, and so I had a pretty good upbringing with Christian values and fellowship in evangelical churches. And uh, though my family was far from perfect, uh, we had a good, strong foundation in the local church. 
but when I was 11, the Holy Spirit personally convicted me of my sin and of his righteousness. And uh, I placed my faith in Jesus that day, receiving the Spirit. And a week later, I was baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Throughout grade school, God continued to work on my attitudes and my lifestyle. And in high school, there was some friction between my faith and the lifestyles of my friends. But I generally maintained the faith and continued on to university. One day, while at university, a man named Steve approached me, and he challenged me in my uh, Christian faith. At the time, I knew that I was saved, but I also knew that I wasn't growing in my relationship with the Lord. So I accepted his challenge, and I entered into a discipleship relationship with him for a couple of years. During my junior year at university, the Lord called me into full-time Christian ministry, that eventually led to short-term missions, which led to seminary, and which led to long-term missions, which I've been doing for the past 16 years. Why do I tell you this story? I tell this personal story to demonstrate the power of one-on-one -on -one and small group discipleship. If it was not for this discipleship group, I don't know where I'd be today. God really pushed me forward and gave me a leap of spiritual maturity during those years at university. So back to the main topic, why disciple-making ministries? Well, today I want to share with you three main reasons and then summarize it all up. The first reason is that the Heavenly Father chose disciple-making as His main mission. When you think about it, God created Adam to rule along himself. Even though God made man a little lower than the angels in power, he gave man greater authority and rule. God seemed to always work with individuals. He worked through individuals such as Noah, such as Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, the prophets. He worked through David of course, Jesus and the apostles. And he seemed to always work through these individuals to engage, establish, equip, and empower others to restore that kingdom rule. When you think about these characters, with the exception of Jesus, you think that they all started out uh, having to learn a lot of lessons. And then Later in life, God really used them in a special way to multiply his impact in the world. It seems that God has always chosen reproducible methods, participatory methods, transformational methods in his divine mission. So we choose disciple-making methods because this seems to be the method that the Father has chosen. Second, we choose disciple-making ministries because Jesus the Son actually modeled disciple-making as his main method. If you remember the stories, Jesus personally selected his disciples. He spent time living with them in relationship. He taught, rebuked, corrected, and trained them in righteousness. He sent them out on journeys, testing them to see if they would be followers of his. And he commissioned them into disciple-making movements. 
So Jesus himself is the model of a disciple maker. If Jesus is the model, then we should follow that same model. Matthew 28, 18-20 says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. So there's power in the person, in the product, in the process, in the people, in the place, and in the promise of the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. A third reason why disciple-making ministries is because the Holy Spirit also empowered followers for disciple-making. If you'll remember your New Testament, Jesus declared that he had to depart so that the Holy Spirit could come. Jesus also said that his disciples would do greater things than these. He also promised the power of the Holy Spirit would come upon them and empower them for witnessing. The disciples received the Holy Spirit and began witnessing in many different languages. The disciples testified of the good news of Jesus throughout the whole world in the power of the Holy Spirit. They went on missionary journeys. They spread the message everywhere. So the Holy Spirit also encourages us to be involved in disciple-making movements. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. John 15.16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give to you. Now let me summarize uh, these three statements into this section. Why disciple-making movements? Well, because disciple-making has the most potential to multiply. The principle of multiplication is all over the scriptures, both in the physical and spiritual realms. God's first command was to be fruitful and multiply in the physical realm. If you think about it, God could have created millions or billions of human beings at the very beginning, but instead he chose Adam and then formed Eve and told them to go multiply and fill the earth and rule and reign with him. After the flood, God repeated the same command to Noah and his family. Later in history, God promised one man named Abraham that he would have a multitude of spiritual descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the, and the grains of sand. Then later, God chose a tiny nation of the Hebrew people through which he wanted to be a witness to all the nations and to multiply his glory around the earth. Then coming to the New Testament, we find that Jesus himself demonstrated the principle of multiplication. He multiplied a few loaves and a few fish to feed thousands. And he multiplied the disciples' catch a fish when they cast their net on the other side of the boat. 
The New Testament also shares with us that God has multiplied grace upon grace to those who are in Christ Jesus. He has also multiplied manifold spiritual blessings in heavenly places for his people. And Jesus challenged his followers to be people who would multiply. For example, in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, it reads like this. The kingdom of heaven is like a man going on a trip. He called his servants and entrusted some money to them. He gave one man $10,000, another $4,000, and another $2,000. Each was given money based on his ability. Then the man went on his trip. The one who received $10,000 invested the money at once and doubled his money. The one who had $4,000 did the same and also doubled his money. But the one who received $2,000 went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The one who received $10,000 brought the additional $10,000. He said, Sir, you gave me $10,000, and I've doubled that amount. His master replied, Good job. You're a good and faithful servant. You've proved that you can be trusted with a small amount. I will put you in charge of a large amount. Come and share your master's happiness. The one who received $4,000 came and said, Sir, you gave me $4,000. I've doubled the amount. His master replied, Good job. You are a good and faithful servant. You proved that you can be trusted with a small amount. I will put you in charge of a large amount. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the one who received $2,000 came and said, Sir, I knew that you were a hard person to please. You harvest where you haven't planted and gather where you haven't scattered any seeds. I was afraid, so I hid your $2,000 in the ground. Here's your money. His master responded, You evil and lazy servant, if you knew that I harvest where I haven't planted and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have invested my money with the bankers. When I returned, I would have received my money back with interest. Take the $2,000 away from him. Give it to the one who has the 10000 to all who have, more will be given, and they will have more than enough. But everything will be taken away from those who don't have much. Throw this useless servant outside into the darkness. People will cry and be in extreme pain there. The point is that God is a God who loves multiplication. Do the math. Which will have a greater impact in the long run? One convert per day or one disciple maker per six months. If you do the math, you'll find out that after four years, you'll have 1,460 converts versus 256 disciple makers. But after eight years, you'll have 2,920 converts versus 65,636 disciple makers. Do the math. It's proven that disciple-making is more powerful than convert-making. You see, disciple-making is the most participatory. Everyone is involved. 
not just seminary educated, salaried, paid staff. Disciple making is also the most relational of methods. It involves forgiveness, restoration, teaching, unity, community. There's no hierarchical pride in disciple making. Disciple making is also the most transformational. It's uh, process driven, not program driven or event driven. Disciple making is also the most economical. It only requires existing resources, no buildings, no salaries, no maintenance, or any other of those resources. Disciple making is also the most impactful. It reproduces the kingdom out there in the world, not hiding inside the four walls of a church. Let me finish today's episode with another story of why I moved to Disciple Making Ministries. I had been pastoring a congregation uh, for about four and a half years, and I had a real deep desire for that small church to grow and produce fruit for God. While there, I tried every church growth method that I had seen in other churches in the past. I tried to transition their style to more attractive contemporary worship. I tried to implement solid Bible teaching programs and Sunday schools. I tried to involve church members in ministry to equip them for the work of the ministry. I tried special events to build a stronger community life. I tried to convince them to change locations that were better suited for their target audience. But it seems that everything that I tried, every method that I tried failed. The membership meetings were filled with uh, disunity, complaining, arguing, and a lack of results. Trying to implement change for growth was like trying to move a concrete wall. <laughs> After four and a half years of pushing this concrete wall, I decided to leave the pastorate and the church. I wanted to find a ministry that had more potential for fruit bearing. So I found a natural way to exit that ministry and then I started praying to God to reveal to me uh, what happened in the past and where I should be going in the future. God eventually answered my prayer. He revealed that the main issue wasn't the methods that I was using. Rather, it was the lack of spiritual maturity in the congregation. This led me to think about uh, my previous life and how the Lord discipled me and how it was such a huge jump in spiritual maturity. I learned an important lesson through that experience. I learned that the key to spiritual fruitfulness is not the methods we use, but the level of spiritual maturity that we've reached. One thing led to another, and then that led to the development of this ministry called Disciple Making Ministry. In future episodes, I'd like to share more about what I've learned along the way. So I hope you join me in future episodes of Disciple Making Ministries podcast. If you'd like to find out more, please visit our website, www.disciplemakingministries.org. This is your host, David Spirik, signing off for now.